The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. What a change a week has made for John the Baptist. Last week he was calling sinners to repent, teaching people of the purifying work of the Holy Spirit, and telling the world that the Messiah is coming. But now things are different. Rather than conviction, John is concerned. John is doubtful that what he believed and that what he taught was true. So what changed from last week to this week? The simple answer is perspective. John the Baptist is no longer standing in a crowded Jordan River, but now he is sitting in a lonely prison cell. And prison will change anyone's perspective. John is no longer prophesying. John is questioning. As it says in verse 2, John's heard of what Jesus has done. And it makes him wonder if Jesus really is the one who's coming. Now, there were many deeds of Jesus that he had done in Matthew chapters 8 and 9, just before today's gospel reading. But there were two that caused many to wonder if Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. One was healing the Roman centurion's servant and then praising the centurion's faith. And the other one was calling St. Matthew, the tax collector, 
to be an apostle. See, these deeds gave the impression that Jesus wasn't calling sinners to repentance, but was in fact celebrating sinners. The Roman centurion was an unclean pagan, and Matthew was a tax collector. And as those two, many thought the Messiah would come and drive those kinds of people out of the promised land. So how could Jesus help one and ask the other to follow him? John the Baptist needed to ask a question. John the Baptist needed to ask Jesus, are you the one or are we to look for another? Now, rather than rejecting John's questions as unfaithful or responding to him like he says to Peter, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus accepts this question, these questions. And this acceptance of questions demonstrates the fundamental difference between God and an idol. God invites questions. Idols reject questions. Whether you're Israel in the wilderness asking, is God among us? In Exodus 17. Or the psalmist who asks, how long, Lord, will you hide your face from me? From Psalm 13. Or if you are Jesus, who asks, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Questions never trouble God. Idols, however, are very troubled by questions. Because the more you ask, the greater chance they'll be exposed as what they are. Nothing. Jesus invites questions, even the hardest ones. Because the more you ask, the more he will be revealed as the one who he is. He's the coming one. Now when Jesus answers John, his answer is more than what John's yes or no question was asking. Jesus answers more than with a simple response. Jesus answers with a relationship. When Jesus answers John with things from Isaiah 35, that Old Testament reading that we had today, about the blind seeing, the lame walking, the good news being preached to the poor, he is showing John that John already knows the answer. Because John knows Isaiah 35. And by showing him that he already knows the answer, Jesus is also showing that he wants more for John than simply to know he's the coming one. Jesus wants John to receive him as the coming one. John the Baptist provides a great example for us when we doubt. Whether your faith has grown thin through some terrible events in your life, or your faith is stagnant just from going through the motions. John is a great example for us. Because rather than drawing away with our doubts, we follow John by drawing closer to Christ with our questions. John is great for us who might remember some good old days when our faith was strong and convicted, like John's was last week. But now, like John, you wonder if you should look for another or just stop looking altogether. John is great for us, and I pray your questions drive you to Jesus. Because Jesus is the refuge of our doubt. 
The reason why Jesus is the refuge of our doubt is because Jesus knows that in John's doubt, he's actually seeking faith. Because honest questions are always seeking the truth. And Jesus answers with something more than a simple response, then. Jesus answers John's question with the truth. With himself. Jesus welcomes our questions, even the hardest ones, even the ones that seem to be the least faithful. Because Jesus will always give you what's best. His relationship to you. Now, there will be times where Jesus will answer your questions with a simple response. But there are other times also where it seems like Jesus won't answer with any response. But it's in that silence where we actually receive our answer. Because in that silence, we've received Jesus, not just a response. So you don't need to look for another response. You don't need to look for another. Because Jesus is the coming one. This means John's question is a great Advent question. Are you the one to come is really at the heart of Advent for us. It gives voice to our latent hesitancy even in the midst of our anticipation of December 25th. It also allows us to express uncertainty even though we know that Jesus has already come. And it provides us with words to articulate what our hearts actually feel when our minds try to convince us to be quiet. So let John's question be our question. And let us receive Jesus not as simply a response, but let us receive Jesus as the answer to our life. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.